imagine if it didn't transcend from there, we wouldn't be having the CrossFit games right now. Um, and so, but that's just part of the process of when you transcend, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to question things. You have to have your friends question things. You have to have athletes question things. And then you have to have the, uh, the know-how to explain what you're writing down. Uh, but I don't have an issue being uncomfortable. I don't have an issue being questioned. I don't have an issue facing tough questions or tough conversations. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Invictus Mindset Podcast. Today's guest has been living in the hot seat lately. None other than the head coach of Brute Strength out in Florida, Matt Torres. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks for having me on here, man. It's been uh, it's been a great, it's been an interesting couple of, of weeks, few weeks that, that I've had, but you know, it's been uh, it's been nice to get we're like knocking on the door of of uh, you know the CrossFit Games. So it's been great to almost be out there. Yeah, for sure. We're about a week from the CrossFit Games, and there's been lots of different things circulating the CrossFit space and. You've been kind of at the center of all those things, not for any particular reason, but I'm excited to chat with you today. But the first thing on my agenda today, Matt, is I'm a huge believer that the most successful people are comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And, you know, you've been really leaning into those with so much respect, maturity, compassion. You know, what's it been like for you kind of navigating these waters that can be potentially challenging and controversial? You know, it's been a great learning experience for me. Uh, I take pride in, you know, taking on questions without getting emotions involved. And sometimes it takes a lot of, uh, you know, preparation behind the scenes um, and, you know, reaching out to the to the right people that I know would be super helpful. You know, like Cooper has been super helpful for me uh, throughout these times, uh, you know, kind of being my like my bumper per se like a bowling alley and making sure that I'm like staying in the correct lane um you know cuz we can easily you know speculate or assume things um which is not very advantageous so you know it's been interesting uh I've learned a lot about myself I learned a lot about uh, different approaches that I should that I should, like, should take and um should be taken from here moving forward so you know in a way it's been a great learning experience for sure, man. And, uh, you know, communicating on pad- podcasts and different interviews is not a uh, foreign territory for you, though, with a, a broadcasting degree that most people don't know about from Central Michigan. You know, I think you had some, some hopes and dreams to be an announcer of some sort for ESPN. What's it been like going on this podcasting tour and kind of revisiting some of the things that you studied in school? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny as you say that. I kind of have this, I know what you guys are going through. I like, I understand like the, the preparation process, you know, making sure like audio is looking good. Lights are looking good. Like the whole nine, you know, the production, you know? Um, and so when, when I sit down and have these conversations, it's almost like eases my mind, you know, it's like, it's tough. I, I mean, it's tough for people to talk to, you know, on a live mic, um, you know, on podcasts, a lot of them, you know, and they're not edited like you would if you were recording a video. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's been, uh, in a way, kind of nostalgic, I, I guess you could say, um, you know, being by, behind a camera. 
um, you know, I'm having to read words scrolling down on a screen and not messing that one up. But, you know, it's nice. It, honestly, it just feels like I'm just talking to my buddy across the screen. You know, we've been in this yeah. like the last two, three years, like on Zooms and FaceTime so often. It's like you just got to get over the fact that everyone's talking to a microphone, which is yeah, honestly, sure. it's, part, it's part of the reason why, like when I'm on these conversations, I kind of just like to hang out and chill. Kind of like if I were yeah. to have, be having a drink with my buddy and just relaxing and it just kind of like takes off a lot of the pressure. I love that, man. And that's what it should be. Just true authenticity, like two people kind of storytelling and hopefully a few of those stories can have a positive impact on the world. But I love that you unpacked a little bit about the process, you know, the, the studio, the lights, the optimal audio, the optimal video, trying to be as clear and concise in, in navigating the conversation. And you've been somebody that is very notable around enjoying the process. And, you know, we can kind of segue, you know, podcasting or, or broadcasting process and kind of relate that to the coaching process. Yeah. And in a world that, you know, is so obsessed with this outcome, and they sometimes lose sight of the process and of, you know, the stairs that need to be climbed one at a time. What are your thoughts on this? Man, this is such a good question. <sighs> So I remember when I was in college, it was the first time I hear I heard um, you know a motivational speaker or even a coach uh, say talk about the process, the journey. And I was like, dude, I don't like when you're young, like you want to understand it so bad, but you haven't walked the walk yet, so you haven't really gained that like um, understanding that thorough understanding of, of what your process and what your journey is in, in all reality. And to me, when I think of the process, I think of like the process to mastery, whatever the case may be, right? And there's a lot of really, really good books out there to talk about this subject. But um, as a coach, uh, you know, who I was, and I guess all of us can have, you know, the same type of uh, history lesson you go back in time, you're like, dude, if someone saw the shit that I was writing, you know, back then, they would have been like, how you're never like, you would never be good, you know? Uh, but I do think this, I, I think it takes in the coaching process and trying to be the best there is. You have to be, I think for, for me, you have to be willing to say, where do I want to take this thing? You know, if I'm going to coach, what, to, what am I going to do with it? You know, am I doing this? to fill a void, to get to the next area of my life that I'm getting to? Or am I going to be a coach that uh, is going to be known in the record books as like one of the best in the world? And I remember having that conversation with one of my mentors, uh, Nick Fowler, which has been in the game for a long time. And he asked me that question. He's like, Matt, what do you want? I was like, Nick, man, I want to be up there with the best. I don't want to be just like just some guy doing this just to make an extra couple bucks. It's like when they say these group of people, I want my name to be right there with them. And as soon as I kind of solidified that, I kind of just like my journey just took path. And so what's cool is and what what I do and what other people do is if you have a, a mind, like a creative mind of questioning, just question everything. Uh, you know, nothing is the end all be all. And I heard this once is like, it was through training think tank. <clears throat> it says fitness is transcending, right? So an easy way to think about that is like, you know, what was like, what was that machine that we'd see like in the black and white films or the, and they like, 
jiggles like their sides like this. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's like that's what that's what like fitness was, you know, 45 years ago. Imagine if it didn't transcend from there. We wouldn't be having the CrossFit games right now. Um, and so, but that's just part of the process of when you transcend, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to question things. You have to have your friends question things. You have to have athletes question things. And then you have to have the, uh, the know-how to explain what you're writing down. Uh, but I don't have an issue being uncomfortable. I don't have an issue being questioned. I don't have an issue facing tough questions or tough conversations. I love that, man. I think it's so cool because it takes courage and bravery to, to push the boundaries a little bit. And, you know, everybody wants to relate to history in the past of what worked, but what worked isn't necessarily what's working. And sometimes I think that's, that's relatively challenging because everybody wants to reference studies. And I look at things and I'm like, well, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. And it's like, you and I both know we can monopolize statistics by moving around so many variables to get the outcome that we want to create buy-in. And that's what we probably describe as marketing. Yeah. And it's like within this fitness world, there's trial, there's error, there's meeting people where they're at. And, you know, you've been popular talking about coaching the human first. And humans are complex creatures having a spiritual experience. And sometimes I think that gets lost in the art of progressive overload and periodization and things that can work, but don't always work. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny, right? So you can probably relate to this <clears throat> when we were playing sports growing up our coach would draw out the perfect play right the x's and o's the x's and o's don't have any prior history they don't have any bad habits they don't have any emotional ties to anything humans do right and it's like the x's and o's like programming i can write out what i would think is a great program and it doesn't work for this person but it works for that person i can't explain the why behind it because every human's different and so, you know, when it relates to working with the human, you have to be able to connect with that person. You know, you have to be able to figure out, well, if this doesn't work, what works better for them? Because it would work different for this person. It would work different for that person. You know, and so you have to be able to learn what that is for each person. But that process of kind of like figuring out the right key that fits, it's cool, man. It's like, and then from there, it's, you know, you get to watch these athletes blossom and there's things that they've dreamt for, for like, since they're 12, you know, mm -hmm. the, the feeling of feeling like a champion, uh, the feeling of going in on a daily and month after month, you can just see a little bit of change and a little bit of improvement. And then you get like past that big, like plateau and then you continue to cut and then a big, and then you get to go, it's like, <sighs> I like this, you know? Dallin this past year, like every single break we had between competitions, we go, okay, this is what we need to do now. And it's like, boom. And it's like, we try out the new car, like Dallin in, in Madison, we're like trying out what we've built, you know, like it's like, we've built these pieces. Now let's go like test it out there. And that's the fun part because they're like, dude, that was so much better. It's like, man, you know, I was cruising past everybody or you know, I can't believe I held on for that many reps or I just hit, you know, my power clean for three reps, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it's special. It's those, those types of things that, you know, get me excited. I first saw Dallin Pepper at West Coast Classic last year and seeing the progress that he's made, 
not just as an athlete, but just as a human. His demeanor is so much more calm. He's more even keeled. The peaks and the valleys aren't as, aren't as big. Trident Coffee is sponsoring this episode of the Invictus Mindset Podcast. My guys over at Trident taught me something really important this last year, that we are all a bundle of stories, both good and bad and everything in between. At Trident, they're storytellers. All of their cold brews remind their customers that, that they are part of something bigger than themselves. They help create connections through symbology and storytelling that engage their customers on an emotional level, and this distinguishes them from other coffee brands. You can find Trident in Imperial Beach and in Coronado. They offer over 14 plus nitro cold brews along with dairy-free options. You can find the perfect brew and pair it with one of their treats from their keto bakery. All these options will allow you to support your health and fitness journey with Trident Coffee. They're more than just a coffee company. You can check them out over at tridentcoffee.com and use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Once again, that's tridentcoffee.com. Use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Take your coffee experience to the next level. Two important factors for us over at Invictus Mindset are true care and attention to detail. My friends over at RX Markier have been bringing innovative fitness tools to the market since 2009. From their award-winning Evo Speed Ropes to their amazing gymnastics grips to their line of inflatable fitness equipment, they're constantly looking to problem solve within the fitness industry. They're always allowing us to have our gear work for us rather than against us. Hop on over to RX Mark Gear and use discount code Invictus Mindset to shop their latest cutting edge gear. Have your gear work with you and not against you. Kind of circling back towards you know, the conversation we were having previously around progress, you've coached you know, most notably some of the up and coming teens. We've got James Sprague, we've got Emma Carey, we've got Dallin Pepper, as you mentioned, among others. And it's interesting because like mine and your generation and above has a little bit more patience. We had dial-up internet. We had things that we had to wait for, you know, over time. Now the mindset is this, this microwave effect. I want results and I want results now. How have you created buy-in around the, this process with some of the younger generation that's so re- results-oriented as far as immediate gratification? I want the likes now. Yeah, man, that is tough. That is really tough. You know, because I mean, even for the the teens that I was coaching way back when, you're basically, you know, these 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 young athletes are competing against each other. They're seeing each other from a very young age, and they're starting to see some take leaps and bounds, and like their journey just hasn't gotten there them there yet for some whatever reason. And so it can either consume them, and you know, it just like gets in their head and it's like, well, why are they doing it? But I can't get there quick enough, you know, or I'm not, this isn't good or that's not good. And it's, I'll tell you what, man, it's a constant battle. It's not, it's something that, you know, I hope that the conversations I have with my athletes, that they're well aware and they're well in tune with the fact that this is just like, it's time, you know, but sometimes it's like, 
it can easily consume. You know, it can motivate some, but it can consume others. Um, and I think there's it's a very fine line. Like, you know, you can you can almost be on one side of it where it motivates you, right? Because of whatever um, pain, you know, you're you're not going to take that shit anymore. Like, you're not going to get beat in this anymore. But then you overdo it and like you overthink it so much that it's like uh, it's almost become a negative effect. Right. And it's like you're overdoing it, you know, and that's kind of like that's where I need to step in and be like, you know, one day is what you get. You get one day to think about it and then we're moving on. Mm -hmm. You've talked a little bit from sport around short term memory and the importance of educating your your athletes around that. What's that kind of look like? You know, some athletes can get the the football thing, you know, it's like if I'm, you know, I was a wide receiver, if I drop an important pass, you know, me overthinking that is not going to help me run my route or, you know, give me a pre-read on the defense or, you know, make any changes while the play is going on or, you know, allow me to be focused on the ball coming my way or be focused on my opponent in front of me. If I'm stuck on that play... I'm not going to give that full effort into what I need to do and my job that needs to be done right now to help the team win the game. And it's the same thing. So it's going to play a big factor here. And, you know, on Wednesday, moving forward next Wednesday, it's like there's going to be events that it's not going to go the way that these athletes want it to go. But I need them to be the best in there at putting their mind back to where it can be controlled. I'm not saying avoid emotion, right? We're not talking about that. Like let them be frustrated, be mad, you know, whatever the case may be. But when it becomes like when it, you get off that echo bike after your recovery, it's it immediately into, you know, what does nutrition look like? What time are we going to be back in here? Um, you know, what's our strategy looking like? And so it's almost like a thing in the past. And for my athletes, I let them know, look, Post CrossFit games or competition, whatever it is, we will dissect and rip apart all this stuff. We're going to get there. Don't worry about it. Let's not overdo it right now because it's it's not going to help us. Let's just focus on where we're at right now and just move forward. I love that that concept of presence and just thinking about be here now, and that enables you to really really control the controllable. And I, I also think it's really cool, Matt, how you've emphasized to your athletes around the concept of the, the human that enjoys walking is always going to go further than the human that just loves the destination. Just as a byproduct of being present in each workout, each micro moment within a workout, you're inevitably going to get results just as, as a byproduct of, of consistency. And, you know, it's just so cool to, to observe this from such a wide spectrum of age demographics. I like to take, uh, experience and what I see around me and apply it to what we're doing inside the gym. And so that thought of, you know, being where your feet are, enjoying the moment, enjoying like being in this, it's like, guys, you have one of the funnest jobs in the world. You know, like you don't have to be stuck in an office. You know, my dad uh, was a, a AC mechanic. He was stuck inside of a hot attic all the time. It's like, you're not living normal lives, you know, like gratitude is what you need right now. You're coming into the gym and training and you have like a bunch of cool people around you. It's like, there's rarely ever, is there like a serious atmosphere in here? And so that's just kind of like, you have no idea what the grass is like on the other side. 
because this has literally has been your life since the age of 15. And so, you know, it's, it's little things like that, where it's like, all of them are very appreciative. All of them, like they get it, like they understand it, you know, and I don't know if it's because they're still kind of young right now. Um, Like anyone in, in any uh, person in the world, you will feel like you're getting tired of it, right? You can have moments where it's like, man, I'm just like exhausted with just coming in just fitnessing every single day of my life. It's going to happen, but that moment hasn't come around yet for these athletes because they're still kind of young. And But that'll be a whole nother t- conversation with them of, you know, it's okay if you break, like take a rest, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You've mentioned a few times that these athletes have been getting after it since 15 years old. And sometimes that leads to the mentality of, man, I've, I've really been a slave to sport. What else is out there? I, I want to be a normal human. I want to have a drink with my friends or, you know, have these experiences that other people are having. And inevitably, the human mind is conditioned to think, you know, no matter how good you are, you want more. And you've been, been talking about how that's, it can be a strength in the sense of, you know, be, trying to be a high performer, but then it can also be one of our biggest flaws. How do you control that, you know, with regards to some of these in-depth conversations that you have with these young athletes that have been in the game for quite some time? That's a conversation I have with my athletes that's outside of sport. You know, it's like I sent, uh, I sent, I think Emma sent me a text. They have swimming on Thursday and there was a little bit of lightning outside. So the swimming was canceled. And she was like, hey, swimming's canceled. You know, can I do anything else? I'm like, it's your recovery day. It's your rest day. You know, and I text her, I said, if you could choose anything in the world to do on your recovery day, what would it be? And she was like, I would do this and I would do that. I'm like, perfect. Go head down to the local bookstore. Relax over there. Like, you know, just be just just be someone else other than, um, you know, Emma, the CrossFitter. And this was honestly like, this is the scary part, man. The reason why this is such an important topic is if CrossFit was taken away from you, who are you? And it's like, you're, you don't have like, um, in for any sport, like you don't have like, uh, like a person attached to it. Cause there's like, in this scenario, there's Emma, the human being, that has so much uh, potential in the world, right? Of, you know, friends and family and travels, whatever she wants to fill in the blanks with. And then there's Emma the CrossFitter. But if you don't find that balance uh, in life, the moment that gets taken away, stripped away from you for whatever reason, uh, whether it's the end of the career, you know, after you know retiring um, or a potential injury, it becomes very, very, very difficult to find who you are. And the reason why I say is from experience. I mean, you know, I've had such, uh, so many times in, in my life where, you know, focus so hard in one area that the moment it was taken away or a big major piece of adversity hit me, I just was just like, I was in uh, lost really is like the best word to use. And I was like, I don't even know where, where to even begin with like these, these people have established their lives outside of their jobs. They're like, they're not like, I think of this is crazy. It's like, think about um, like the banker, like the person that's behind the desk, let's call him, I don't know, banker John. No one in his life sees him as just banker. 
everyone just sees him as John and they categorize John as how he affects people in the world. Right. I don't want these athletes to be like, Oh, that's, you know, James Sprague, the CrossFitter. It's like, no, we know James does very well at this. Right. James Sprague is James Sprague. Uh, and then he's also one of the, you know, one very, very, very good CrossFitter as well. But he's just not, he's not just CrossFitter James. I'm so happy you brought this up. This, this conversation around identity is so important when we look at the wheel of life. You know, a job is just one spoke within the wheel. You know, maybe at the hub or the center is human. And then from there, it's like maybe you're a significant other. Maybe you're a brother. Maybe you're a husband. Maybe, maybe you are a banker, but also a CrossFitter. And sometimes you're an explorer. Sometimes you're a writer. Sometimes you're a podcast guest. And I think sometimes we get so consumed with labels. And it's fascinating because it's like you and I can probably relate to this and our listeners as well. How often do you go to some sort of get together and the conversation is, hey, what do you do? And then they base their level of respect based on your response. And, and it's so fascinating to me, you know, how the mindset around maybe it's capitalism and, and there's, a, there's a money orientation there. Or maybe it's you're being validated based on function, which has its whole, whole set of problems. But I think what, what's really interesting is, you know, people typically lean towards where they get the most validation because that raises eyebrows, piques people's interest. And I personally believe that our highest forms of currency are time and attention. And if you're getting attention based on your title, well, now that makes you lean a little bit heavier in that direction, you know? Yeah. You know what, what drill I did before is like, um, writing my own eulogy. I forgot, I, I forgot where or when I did it. Um, but think about it. It's like of uh, this whole, you know, paragraph long thing that was written, like one sentence gets crossfitter. That's like, I don't know, one to 5% of your entire being you have so much more. It's like, you know, and who, who, who you will be, it's totally up to you, you know, go explore. There's nothing wrong with it. You're going to find that, you know, some of your closest friends, their enjoyment does not bring you enjoyment and that's all right. You know, you don't have to be experiencing it with, with your best friends, you know, um, you're going to, you're, that's what makes us so unique. Uh, and in the process of it, you know, you're going to be like, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to do this, but I like to do that, but it's what makes you, you. Uh, and it's so important for, for me to explain that to my athletes. It's like, guys, you know, get out of here. Seriously. When season's done, I don't want to hear you going into a CrossFit gym. Like just do anything. Like what would you do if you had two weeks off? What vacation would you go on? You know? Um, and I think as athletes grow and age, you know, you hear it more. Like I think, Fraser would be like, you know, go on his month long bike trip is from what I, from what I would understand. It's what he loved to do. You know, it's, it's one of many facets that makes Matt Fraser, Matt Fraser. I'd like to take a moment to thank our friends over at Viore. They are bringing a new perspective on performance apparel. Their products are incredibly versatile and allow for freedom and flexibility in any arena. As humans, we are complex creatures always on the move, and always on the go. Allow Viori to join you as you navigate the complexities of the human experience. Whether you are training, adventuring, lounging, traveling, 
or attending meetings, Viorea's options to suit your active lifestyle. My personal favorites are the men's core short and their line of Ponto performance products, which are so incredibly soft. Check these guys out over at viori.com slash Invictus Mindset for 20% off your very first purchase and free shipping. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash Invictus Mindset for 20% off your very first purchase and free shipping. Everything they have is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. It's so freaking comfortable that you won't want to wear anything else. Breathing, movement, circulation, digestion. What do all these body functions have in common? Our muscles. There are over 600 muscles in the human body that are responsible for supporting our daily activities. That's why your muscle health is incredibly important. On this podcast, I always discuss seeking our peak expression and striving to maximize our human potential. And so I try to share with you the top products that I find on the market. My HMB is a clinically proven ingredient that has been shown to help build and maintain lean muscle mass, increase strength, improve recovery, and enhance body composition. Learn more about your muscle health at myhmb.com slash Invictus. Once again, that's myhmb.com slash Invictus. Enhance your muscle health and enhance your life. You've talked a little bit around, you know, it's not just about the training. It's about cherishing those micro moments and the laughter between sets and, you know, really the time spent with friends and loved ones. Will you touch on that a little bit as, as to how that really makes up those smaller stories that ultimately make up your life? You know, those, those, those stories like experiences, I think is the best way to go about doing it. You know, and it kind of comes back down to this. You know, I've been to the parties that were like, you know, in Vegas with like, you know, the best tables and whatnot with not the most fun people in the world, because that's, I thought that that's what was going to bring me happiness was like, you know, right there. And the DJ's right there. And it's like the best looking people in the world are right here in, in the, my, you know, around me. And it's like, but I was missing like one or two key people around me, you know, the ones that I just like, or like some of my best friends. And, you know, it comes back down to this. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter what you do and where you go. It really matters who you're doing it with. You know, I could sit down and play cards with three of my best friends. And we would bring up moments like that for like years to come because of how hard we we're laughing or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, but it, it takes those tiny moments. Um, that's so much more fulfilling than, you know, thinking. And this goes back to like the world that we're living in. It's like, man, on, on IG, I scroll through my feed and it's like, you know, a picture of Austria and it's like beautiful. Right. And it's like, you know, you, you go out there and you're like, this is everything that I was hoping for. And you go out there and you're like, you feel almost empty at times because you're not there with the person that you would want there, like to experience it with it the most. And it even leads to this. These athletes, they want to be number one so bad, right? And it's like they do everything in their power to, to get there and they finally get there. And it's not what it, it was like all cracked up to be because oftentimes, 
you have to neglect some of the things that your friends are doing in order to be number one. And it's like, you have to live that dull, monogamous, reoccurring, repetitive life in order to get number one. And then you get to number one, you're like, I mean, I don't feel any different, you know? Uh, And and so it becomes even more important, as you say, like those little tiny moments uh, throughout the journey and throughout the path to get there, it does become very, very, very vital. I can't help but lean into a statement around must be nice. Have you heard that before where it's like, must be nice to be on top of the podium. And it's like, little do you know, all the sacrifices that went into getting there. Yeah. And this last weekend, I got off the grid a little bit and I, I hiked up to John Muir's favorite lake. It's about a 16 mile hike. You're getting over overwhelmed with bugs and dirt and you know, it, it, you're by yourself. And I was like, man, when was the last time I unplugged for over 12 hours? I'm going to explore this. And of course, I posted a picture from the top and everybody's like, where, where is that lake? I got to go there. Da, da, da. And then when I told them how far it is, how challenging it was to get there, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just enjoy your picture. And I think the world sometimes, you know, is, is leaning away from the challenge and they're, they're so obsessed with the outcome. And I think this is part of the psyche associated with this overarching concept that we're seeing in, in CrossFit and other sports around performance enhancing drugs. You know, sometimes, you know, people want to take that subtle shortcut to try to, you know, maximize their potential and get to the podium. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this from a broad and inclusive standpoint, you know, based on what we're seeing? And it's not just in CrossFit. I think it's just really popular in CrossFit right now because everybody like me has a podcast and is talking about it. And there's just a lot more media around it in comparison to other years. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's easy, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm curious of, of this. <clears throat> People understand the, the length of time and the path it takes to get there. And if that is something that they're like, I like, you know, I'm this age right now. I got to be competitive sooner. I don't know if that's the reason why, or they don't know. They don't understand. And it's like, everyone's got to be doing this. Like the amount of people that will be like, oh, CrossFitters, they're all doing, you know, they're all doing steroids. Look at the way they look. And it's like, well, I mean, you just don't understand it, you know? So I'm curious if it's like which path it's from, but, you know, I do think like, People want to be competitive so bad um, for whatever particular reason that, you know, if they're going to, if they decide that that's the path that they're going to take in order to get them to the goal that they're going to do it, maybe their moral compass is just not aligned the way it should be to even feel like it's the right decision. You know, like, I don't know, I would consider a lot of things like, what would my peers thinking about me do? Would they respect me? Um, you know, what would my family think about me? Like all these things come to my mind. Um, and so it's almost like maybe it's making sure that they're spending that time in that area where it's like, like I'm considering this, what other things in my life am I shortcutting? You know, my relationship with my significant other, my job, you know, is it like, and if there's a common theme in there, it's almost like, you know, you got to look deeper in yourself. Like, I don't know, maybe eat some mushrooms a couple of times and figure shit out, you know? I mean, that's a big thing right now, you know, psychedelics and, you know, seeking peak enlightenment and letting go of things that are no longer serving you. But I also think it comes down 
you know, to a self-respect and upbringing. And as you mentioned with humans coming with past experiences and history, you know, it, it comes down to also, Hey, if I perform really well, I will be loved. I will, you know, get the pat on the back. I'll get the high five that I've been craving. And, you know, sometimes there, like you mentioned, there's a, there's a moral compass there that's deeper than, you know, Hey, I'm trying to cheat. And I also think people outside of the CrossFit bubble that are like, Oh yeah, everybody's doing steroids. It's like, it's cool to see ordinary people doing extraordinary things and people that can't comprehend that just assume the worst because negativity is so loud. Positivity kind of sits in the back skirts and it's just so easy to label things that haven't been done before with a negative connotation. You know, what's been really difficult, I think, for the athletes is dealing with uh, negative comments. Um, you know, it's from all the keyboard warriors out there that seem yeah. to be an expert in everything and lack compassion in context. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing is, you know, if you were to go face to face with the person, just see them in person, like nothing aggressive, um, you know, and just be like, dude, like what you do affects me. Like I'm a normal human, just like anyone else. I guarantee they would immediately apologize and like break down. It's like, I just don't blah. blah. And like, that's why it's so easy just to be on the thumbs and, and writing it. But here's the other thing. Here's the double-edged sword is if they weren't talking shit about you, maybe you're just not good enough yet. You know, maybe you're just like not worth talking about. And that's something I would tell my athletes that, you know, let's flip it around the other way. If they weren't talking about you, you probably aren't in a position to be talked about, you know? And, and it depends, obviously it's very dependent upon the current, the athlete in the current situation, but it's like, there was many times that, you know, Fraser and uh, Froning, when he was up there, a lot of people were talking shit about him and do the amount of like steroid talk about Fraser and Froning throughout that time. It's like, if they weren't having those conversations, it would be about whoever else was number one. And you know who wouldn't be number one? Frazier and Froning. And it's like, you know, you reach back out to them and be like, would you take all this like shit talking here in order to be, you know, win the CrossFit Games? They'd be like, 10 times over, please talk more shit. It's kind of like that analogy that I mentioned, you know, climbing towards that lake. They're just bugs that are like kind of hitting you in the face a little bit. And it's just noise that if you have the mental wherewithal to block it out a little bit, stiff arm some of those things, use some of it as fuel and motivation on those, those lower energy days. It can, it can be valuable too. And you know, another point that I want to make is words are an approximation of what we're actually trying to convey and tone and context and depth within meaning gets so misunderstood via an Instagram comment or a Twitter post. And I, I think it's important sometimes for people to take that into consideration too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Context is huge, huge, right? I mean, just look at the last like four and a half years about context. Um, yeah. It's interesting, you know. How have you felt this on like a per, a personal level? You know, going through the challenges with Phil Toon recently, you know, you've been on so many podcasts, you know, talking about it. I'm sure you're you're exhausted touching on that subject now. Um, but it is something that both of you need to navigate kind of together and, you know, based on, you know, his ban, you know, you helping motivate and inspire him you know, to kind of learn from this, you know, help, help him understand, you know, that this is a bump in the road to ultimately get to his peak expression. For sure. 
it's definitely, it's not an easy conversation. Um, and I oftentimes I'll like, I'll have like an internal conversation with myself and just kind of playing out, you know, when I, when I'm having a conversation with an athlete that I know is, um, you know, a pretty pivotal moment. When I say things, I'm saying things in, uh, in a way where I have a feeling the response is going to come back this way. So I'm already prepared to respond to what I'm, what I'm getting feedback from. And so when I'm approached with something that I don't have a lot of experience in, in this type of scenario, it's extremely difficult task for me to kind of get through it the way I typically do. Um, and so it comes down to this. It's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not very well versed in this area. You know, it's not something that I know very well. Um, I don't really know how to handle it very well either. You know, it's a new experience for both of you guys, but does this led you down a little bit of an educational rabbit hole around, you know, SARMs and, you know, understanding, you know, endurable and some of these things that are, you know, prevalent among, you know, people testing positive within the arena? To be honest with you, I haven't really given it the time quite yet. Um, just because of how busy things have been. Um, you know, just like the the bandwidth throughout the day is just like it's a little like stretched where it's like, you know, I, I can easily dive into it and like, you know, put that energy into it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to this. It's like everything that you're putting into your body as a very high level athlete, um, you know, it's extremely uh, sensitive. Right. And we have to know and understand that even if there's a teeny tiny change, and I'll, I'll let you know that there is athletes that I have that were getting drug tested um, and they would even take a closed water bottle from a judge because they're like, I don't know what could potentially be on that. You know, it's just like that's just their way of thinking is like they're so in tune with every little detail that's going into their body that they're doing with their body. That the moment something like is a blip, like changes are like, whoa, hold up, wait a second. Uh, this doesn't feel right. You know, and so it's a hypersensitivity to everything. Um, and so that that's kind of the area where I put a majority of my focus when it comes to it is kind of that side. You know, totally. Have you kind of put in some policies and procedures from like a business standpoint where it's like, you know, obviously this is is challenging on the brute strength brand. It's challenging on you. You know, moving forward, have you, you know, gotten the contact information for Curtis, you know, to give athletes the option to reach out to him to see if something is okay to take? You know, have you put together maybe some contractual agreements? Because, you know, where, where we'll take the conversation next is there's so many training camps around the world. You know, you've, you've got Invictus, you've got Mayhem, you've got, you know, Brute Strength, you've got Ben Bergeron's Comp Train, you've got Training Think Tank, as you referenced before. And, you know, people are kind of hopping around now, moving around, you know, I've, uh, do you guys have contractual agreements that have some education around performance enhancing drugs and, you know, the, how that affects the business relationship? We actually don't. So currently where we're at in um, the structure of the company, there's not as much uh, re- like laying on the line. Essentially what it's like is this is in the structure of the company. There's remote coaches, you know, like myself, like the other five that we have on staff that are responsible for their athletes. 
Uh, and so it's basically like to the coach, it's their responsibility to uh, make sure that the athletes are doing the right thing. So there's nothing like contractually bound to that coach per se, but I will say kind of like what you touched upon is um, all my athletes know Curtis uh, and the support staff at CrossFit um, very well because they've all been in contact with them before. Uh, and, you know, and it's, it's something where I've had a lot of conversations just within this year where it's like, Hey Matt, you know, I'm not feeling good. And this is about to be prescribed to me from my doctor. What do you think I should do? And immediately it's like, here, reach out, just like send the email, boom, send it off. Let me know what they say back. And it's like, you know, I'm not even kidding. Like an hour later, like they're really good with, uh, with the support side on HQ an hour later, like, Hey, uh, everything's all good. You know, I don't need to sign like, um, like a waiver for your medication, essentially. I, f- I forget the name of it, uh, through the rule book. It's like, I don't need to sign this because it's only going to be happening for this long and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's that right there is, you know, I guess the short of it is I've never really been in a situation where we absolutely needed something like that. I think once there becomes, I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, but like, if there's money involved in this scenario, I do think um, that contracts need to be more secure and like more outlined. What that actually looks like in the in the time and day and age that we're in as coach and as athlete, I think we're developing that right now, but we haven't had it the chance 100% yet because the amount of money that's put into the sport uh, to really sit down and say, okay, these are, you know, this is the contract. This is what it looks like. If you fail a drug test, uh, this is what happens to the contract, blah, blah, boom, boom. And I think, I think we'll get there. I, th- I think we're headed in that direction too. I mean, you briefly mentioned Cooper Marsh and the lab management team. You've, we've talked about Matt O'Keefe, you know, Bijan is somebody else that's in the space. And, you know, I, th- I think the the sport is moving in that direction for sure with the prominence of sponsors and the growth and development of the the media outlets associated with the sport. And, you know, we, we talked about the different training camps that are out there. And, you know, it's been obviously popular news that Danielle Brandon moved from Underdogs Athletics with Justin Kotler, moved out to Florida with you. And, um, you know, she's a fiery one. She comes with a lot of energy. She's performed at an incredibly high level. I mean, I would assume she's she's one of the favorites to kind of challenge for a podium spot this year based on you know, her performance is so far, but I mean, it, it was big news. It, it's once again, controversial because, you know, everybody wants to throw in like, Hey, did brute strength take Danielle Brandon? And I, I'm sure there's a personal story associated with that, but you know, how, how have you navigated that and really focused on her preparation leading up to the games in a week? Yeah. You know, what's funny is like when we're training, no one in the, in the gym is really like even thinking about that. You know, Danielle's mm-hmm. not thinking about it. Uh, I'm not even thinking about it. I have a tendency to like, kind of just like things just fall right off my shoulder as it is already. But you know, like when, when it comes to training on a daily basis, um, you know, her as an athlete, there's a reason why she's really good. There's a reason why she was really good. Um, you know, in all of her other sports leading up to this, to this day right now, it's like, she's in the moment and she picks things up really quick. It's like, I think that's the most exciting thing to see as a coach is to have an athlete that is open, an athlete that is, uh, you know, is picking up on things really quick and is ex- very excited. I think it's like, 
It's a lot of things that are very motivating. And through the last, you know, three weeks or so, there really hasn't been a moment where we sat down and we're like, well, let's digest this. <laughs> it's like, it was like day one, it was kind of like, I knew everything leading into it. Like I got, I got, you know, the, uh, the cliff notes coming into it. And I was like, okay, boom, she came and I was like, it's just normal day. It's just a normal day of training. And that's kind of even, she did a really, really good job. It's like, she had so much unneeded and unwanted uh, pressure and like drama happening. And none of it entered into the gym. It's like she put it in a box outside of the gym. Uh, and when she was inside, she was just, you know, just a normal athlete. When she went outside, if she wanted to open up that box and deal with it, I'm sure she dealt with it in her own way. But it really hasn't been, you know, none of that has followed her into training. So I'm, you know, I'm impressed by it all. Yeah, it should it should be cool to watch how things shake out in a week. I mean, it, it really reminds me of professional sports where it's like you pick up a new player and all of a sudden all of a sudden you need to help them with strengths and weaknesses and you know help lay lay a groundwork and a foundation to help them launch, you know, when it's peak time here in a week. And I th- I think it's just once again something that's very new within the CrossFit space and so it it's raising a lot of eyebrows as far as media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, the stories are good because they like it develop, it creates a brand, it creates a person, you know, and you can, you know, you can throw energy into a certain category or not as an athlete deciding like, you know, what's what. And, you know, as far as as far as this goes, like, um, I know she wants to be known as a champion. That's like, that's really like what she really wants. And I'm here to help her gain that confidence that she can be a champion one day and she's so new to the sport and there's so much growth left for this girl. It's like, I don't know. It's like a shiny new toy that, you know, is looking like this right now, like very, very like shiny and very like good, but it can be like so much more, like so much better. There's so much left in that tank. And I don't know if it's just like, like where she's at age wise and her history as a sport. Like, you know, I just found out from Cooper, like her mother was like a world-class swimmer, you know, like these are things, these are things that not every athlete is given, you know, you're not given this DNA. And it's like that right there is probably one of the most exciting things um, that I get to see as a coach is that there's so many opportunities and, you know, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited to see how things go. I think she has uh, a lot of great potential this year. And I'm just excited to test it. And, you know, to be by her side and help her, to be able to have that opportunity, you know, I'm very grateful for. And so if I can help her, you know, in any way that possible during this time that, you know, she hasn't had before, then I'll just be grateful just to be able to be in that, that seat. That's super cool, Matt. Well, you've got two very notable athletes heading out there, Dolan Pepper and Danielle Brandon. And we're excited to watch it all kind of shake out, man. And, you know, your your mindset is very cool. It's awesome how even keel you remain. What are some last minute thoughts, man? Like, it's been really cool to pick your brain. And, you know, you've been on the podcast tour late, lately. And it's just awesome that you have the courage and the willingness to put yourself out there and, you know, have the difficult conversations. I think. Um if you're if you're out there and for myself, if I'm able to help people, uh, you know, if I have that ability to do it, I'm more than happy to lend a helping hand, you know, without seeking compensation, without doing anything, you know, and I think that's a very important trait. Uh, how are you going to leave this earth? 
you know, not all of us are going to have the ability to, you know, stand up in front of a microphone and talk to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people over live broadcasts. Um, so if you can just affect the people around you in a very positive way and however, you know, however, which way you go about doing it, you know, just like when your time has gone off this earth, like you, whatever it may happen, because we don't know, I want to know that I've affected the people around me in that positive way that their life has changed for the better. And like, that's kind of like, again, it goes back to, you know, thinking about my eulogy. It's like, what is going to be written on that? You know, because I don't have a say in it. So what are other people going to say about me um, throughout the moments that I spend with them? Um, and it just so happens to be the realm that I'm in is coaching. And I have the ability to help people every single day. And I'm lucky that I found a job that allows me to do it. And it just happens naturally, whether it's through sport or whether it's through life in general. You know, so it's kind of like it's that thought is, you know, do something that is going to help the person around you, you know. There you have it, guys. Some knowledge from Matt Torres, the head coach of Brute Strength. Well, thank you so much, my man. I look forward to crossing paths with you out in Madison next week. And for those of you listening, if you enjoyed my conversation with Matt Torres, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And as always, guys, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Are you over 35 and in need of a solid training program? Are you looking to improve your athleticism and keep up with the younger athletes in your CrossFit gym? Then look no further than our Invictus Masters program. This program places year-round emphasis on mobility and stability exercises with movements that we have seen directly benefit our Masters athletes. Our program is led by Nicole DeHart and offers a training program designed specifically for Masters athletes who are looking to compete at a higher level in the sport of CrossFit. Some of our top Masters athletes in the world train with us, including CrossFit Games champion Kevin Kester, Matt Beals, and Pat Sprague. You can learn more about their stories and the Invictus Masters program by checking out their episodes right here on the Invictus Mindset Podcast. If you'd like more information about the current training cycle or to join the Invictus Masters program, please email Nicole at InvictusAthlete.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-E at InvictusAthlete.com. Breathing, movement, circulation, digestion. What do all these body functions have in common? Our muscles. There are over 600 muscles in the human body that are responsible for supporting our daily activities. That's why your muscle health is incredibly important. On this podcast, I always discuss seeking our peak expression and striving to maximize our human potential. And so I try to share with you the top products that I find on the market. My HMB is a clinically proven ingredient that has been shown to help build and maintain lean muscle mass, increase strength, improve recovery, and enhance body composition. Learn more about your muscle health at myhmb.com slash Invictus. Once again, that's myhmb.com slash Invictus. Enhance your muscle health and enhance your life.